You are listening to It's Midnight Somewhere with DJs Mistress McCutcheon and The Wasteland. It's midnight somewhere. It's midnight. Hi, this is Mistress McCutcheon coming to you from the Prophecy Headquarters in downtown Toronto. And of course, I'm accompanied by my partner in crime, The Wasteland. Who's coming to you from the Prophecy Lookout Tower in West End, Toronto, where I used to be able to see the skyline, but now all I see is construction. Boo, construction. Of condos. More unaffordable housing. Yay, Ford! Wait, what? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, while we can go on that political bent, we won't. Let's because... not for once. <laughs> Let's yes. not this week. Let's um, not. We're, we're, we're at least we're at least gonna try uh, not to because we have new music to talk about, and it's been a while since we've had purely a music-related podcast. Yeah, we felt it was time for those of you who don't want to just hear us ramble for an hour to an hour and a half about whatever is itching at our brains. We are here for some tunes today. Yeah. So before we get into what we want to feature, what have you picked up that you just want to talk about? Oh, my God. There's been so much and we are so spoiled. And I have to admit, part of it is in part to the Twitch community because we are spoiled for choice in watching various DJs on Twitch. I mean, just because we're in Toronto doesn't mean we can't tune into people all over the place. And I'm super grateful for it because I, I get to listen to DJ Ms. Margot, who always features really fun and interesting things. I love Philly Peroxide, Cyber Pagan out of Germany, who I tune into all the time. So I mean, being able to pick up various music tips from from various other DJs keeps it really interesting. And uh, I, I also have to admit, uh, Cage, who we raid into a lot, and uh, Exiled Radio out of Boston as well. Just excellent taste across the board and so many, so many good things that you want to put on your Bandcamp list. And then when it's the moment of payday or Bandcamp Friday, just go crazy and buy stuff. Actors put out the pre-order for their brand new album called Acts of Worship, and Traders released their EP. It came out uh, at the end of July, and they also have a brand new album that is going to be coming out at, I want to say, the end of November. They featured a new single and a brand new video for O Ballerina, and the name of that album is called Horses in the Abattoir. So there are so many exciting things to look forward to and to to pick up on. There's an older band that I've been binge listening to called Red Wedding, which is based out of L.A. and is featured in uh, the Death Rock L.A. book that uh, I think everybody at this point has bought. Uh, So there's just we've been spoiled, spoiled for so many things. What are you binge listening to these days? I've kind of gotten out of the uh, wheelhouse of goth. I've been like mainlining the new uh, Amigo the Devil. Um, if if you've been following us on streams, you have an idea where I'm going with stuff inside of what I DJ, like uh, Morris Black. And um, the other thing I've really just pre-ordered, which I'm kind of excited about because it's it goes back to when I first got into the scene. And it's one of my first albums when I came in was Assemblage 23's Failure. 
being pressed on a gatefold double 180 gram vinyl. And nice. Yeah, like like that's the beginning of Future Pop, but like the beginning of Future Pop was still very EBM. It didn't really get there yet. They didn't really have, I don't know, the tech to make it Future Pop yet. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's still a, I don't know. I listen to it every once in a while and I'm like, you know, this album sounds kind of dated, and but it, it still resonates for me in a lot of ways. And the whole thing is it's all remasters. And it's kind of funny following the page where he's like, yeah, I, I went to remaster it and I couldn't do a full re-record because a lot of the sounds I used and the way I did it uh, doesn't exist anymore. Oh, shit. Okay. So he literally had to dig out old files that weren't compatible and had to recreate some shit. So it's it's going to be interesting. And, and I'm really looking forward to hearing it. And then another music news, of course, it's been all over Facebook. Simon Gallup has left The Cure. Again. 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 Let's point that out. I mean, I, I agree because the thing is that folks are all over it, and this happened before because he quit during the pornography era of The Cure when he was in his 20s. So, who knows what's going to happen? I'm very curious if this upcoming Cure album is ever going to get released. Robert Smith has also mentioned a, a noise album coming out, which I'm like, okay, I'm really intrigued to see what that actually is going to sound like uh, because he's done all these different collaborations. The one that he did with Gorillaz uh, called Strange Times, it, it's a good song. Uh, he also did a collaboration with Churches, which I am less crazy about. But again, as a lifelong Cure fan, it, it's it's hard for me to to give up on all of that. Like, I, I'm going to listen. I'm going to be curious. There's definitely albums of The Cure that are stronger than others. Then there's my overall favorite albums, which are Pornography and Head on the Door. So uh, that's that's just the way, uh, that's the way I roll. Yeah, that Church's cover or collaboration was not great. It's not great. Um, I like Church's. I like The Cure. Two great tastes that don't taste great together. I'm sorry. His collaboration was better with Boxcar Racer than with churches. Yeah, I like the first Churches album. After that, I really, I lost interest. And their cover of Bella Lugosi, I really don't like. But um, but I really appreciate Churches as a it. band. Yeah, I appreciate them as a band. I really like their first album. But yeah, after that, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't there for me. So, but that's okay. I, Again, it, it's it's easy as a as a lifelong Cure fan to be like, "Yep, I want to know all the things, and I want to hear I want to hear it all." But also yeah. in other music news, who who announced a new album? Information Society released a new album on August sixth. Just came out. Just found out about it today, the day we're recording, which is the only reason why it wasn't one of my picks to showcase. Damn. So usually we try to give each other you know, four or five, maybe a week days to uh, listen before we do an episode like this. And I couldn't change a pick at five o'clock on the day of. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we want to get a fair shake to listen to what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so, but uh, where do we want to get started with the picks that uh, that we have previewed and absorbed and, and uh, want to talk about? That's a very good question. So do you want to start with one of yours first or one of mine first? I'm going to let you let you pick because all we picked is who should go right in the middle. Okay. 
I think I'm going to kick off with an album that I really enjoyed, and that would be from Desperate Journalist. The album is called Maximum Sorrow. It came out in July of this year, and they are from London. Which I found out when I listened to the album, and there's one song where they, I forget what the lyric is, but they they, uh, make mention of the word aluminum, which in London, and it was very well pronounced, they said aluminium. It's the only place I've ever heard that before. And I'm like, they must be British. (laughs) Didn't didn't figure that out beforehand. But um, honestly, my impression of this album was, it was not bad. It was... It was really good. This entire album is a love letter to Johnny Marr in every shape and form of music he's ever decided to tackle. Because I do hear some of the dream popier elements. I do hear some of the Smith elements. And it's all in there. It's all there. I think that's the nicest description. Because I I have to say, I am a massive fan of Johnny Marr. He is one of my favorite guitarists of all time. And uh, yeah, you hear a track like this one that I'm going to drop in here right now. And it is very much within that vein. And uh, and yet, wonderful female-fronted vocals, you know, female-fronted band. The vocals are fantastic. There's a, there isn't a stinker in the bunch. This is a great album. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the one that brings uh, Johnny Marr especially to mind is when you hear the track number three, which is Personality Girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, that's where I made the connection as well. So let's listen to that here.
So going with the whole female fronted vocals thing, since I only picked one out of my three with female fronted vocals, I wanted to showcase Bara Hari. Bara Hari is a solo female project by Samantha Roan, I think. Um, she's from California. She was a visual artist and then decided to spread into music. So whatever you think about her music, if there's a video for it, I suggest you go watch it because she does all her own costumes and they are fantastic. Um, they tell the story of the song. And I, I think if you're going to do videos, and this is probably what got lost and killed MTV ultimately, is that there was no art in that. Um, it was just at some point guys flailing at a screen with cars behind them. I'm looking at you, Limp Bizkit, and I'm not even mentioning rap. Aye! <laughs> anyway. Name, the name of the album is Dark New Day. It came out in May of this year. Uh, it's very dancey. It's it's a good dance soundtrack. The vocals are a little more on the poppy end, in my opinion. Which I'm fine with. I mean, I followed Aesthetic Perfection, and he has started calling himself Industrial Pop, and... There is something to that. There is something to industrial and EBM mixed with pop elements that works for me. Um, I don't know what it is. It just it catches my attention. It's 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 got hooks. It's it's good. I like it. Um, the song I want to showcase is a song that she wrote against abusers in the scene, and that is "Weapon." So let's put that in here. And maybe the lyrics will help you out. And then if you want, go find a video. How nice it must be to get away with all of that vile shit you say. Well, you want me to stay in place, but I don't care. I'm gonna get my way
Next up, let's talk about Batvia. The name of the album is Mythos. They're from Jacksonville, Florida. And the album came out in July of this year. There is a melange of influences happening here. It is very danceable. Uh, very. There's a pretty heavy EBM uh, sort of foundation to this album, I would say. But uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, I started listening to it because upon the beginning of the album, it, it does feel very like sort of that dark wavy post-punk kind of brings actors to mind, kind of that mood. But then it, there's there's other elements of it that are a little bit metal. And, and well, we know I'm not a big fan of metal. So I'm kind of like, eh, this is maybe not 100% for me. But uh, I definitely appreciate this album. Yeah. Um, I would even say, what was it? Uh, there was one track that brought to mind BB Nation, like the future pop elements of coordinating um, stringed elements or synthesized string elements with um, actual pianos and synthesizers. It just melded into this thing where I heard old VV Nation coming from like the Empires or Praise the Fallen era, which isn't, you know, bad in my book. It's just, it was different and unexpected. And on the song Mercy's Burning Heart, I got a definite... Rubicon 2 feel from VV Nation to to what they were trying to do. And it lands. It, it somehow splits the difference between being both gothy and post-punk and being both elements of EBM and future pop without shitting the bed and ruining the whole album. And kudos for that because that is a fine hair to split. Valid. The song I want to feature here is the second track on the album. It's called Azafran, and the lyrics tell a story about uh, colonization, really. Uh, I thought it, it was an interesting way of storytelling, and I really appreciate this song. So let's put that in right here.
So the next album I want to talk about is uh, Tenebris and Lux by Qual, which is a very interesting album because it is a, a techno producer that has gone outside of their normal thing. He's not really, he's like dark techno, dark dance, you know, German club techno stuff, which kind of falls into what I'll play and DJ a lot. And uh, he started showing up in a lot of artists, uh, you know, if you're going to listen to somebody new, check this out. So I went and checked it out. And their newest album, which came out March 1st, 2021, was wrote during the first lockdown in Germany. So the album is dark and it has a lot of just like soundscapes at the beginning of the album. You don't really get a danceable tune until, I don't know, five, six tracks in on an eight, nine track album. So there's no bangers on this album, but... I appreciate it for somebody who has made their name on putting out dance and danceable tunes and putting out bangers and then doing this other thing. Yeah, I listening to this album was difficult because I felt like I was missing something. Listening to it and, you know, getting into the first track, I'm like, okay, this is this has got this sort of uh, this dark techno feel to it. But then you hear the vocal and I was just getting annoyed by the vocal. And the first track is Don't Forget Your Smartphone. And then there's another track that's Rot I Will Not. And the last one is Pissing Into the Void. And I felt like I was missing something. Like, is there an inside joke? Is there something else going on that I, I'm just not getting this? So well, it didn't stick with me. And it was just it was a difficult listen because I was like, I, this isn't for me. No, and that's fair. But one of the things he says is the goal was to, on this album, was to move away from previous albums and tried ignoring old habits and being less songy, which honestly, the first four or five songs are just, they're not songs, they're sounds. Um, uh, it, you know, uh, add more textual journeys, a classic cataclysmic doom, something that he likes to call cyber sludge. Which, if you're going to go with cyber sludge and you're thinking like a cyberpunk thing or whatever, or a dystopian music soundtrack, this kind of fits the bill. Is it his best album? Absolutely not. Is it a worthwhile album checking out for like artistic sake? Yes. And that's why I wanted to feature it here. Okay, that's fair. So what song do you want to play? Um, The first song that actually has anything you can maybe dance to is called Life in the Mirror. And that's what I would like to throw up throw up. Yep. Excuse me while I puke this out.
right, next on the list, I would like to talk about S's. The album is called Bloodletting for the Lonely. This is a band based out of Oakland, California, and the album came out on August 6th of this year. Now, Pierce the Feeling is a song that has been floating around. I've heard a couple DJs in Twitchland play it, and it it totally grabbed me because it, it's all the things that I like. It's It's these, like strong female vocals it's kind of got this you know death rocky feel to it and uh i really liked it so it was really awesome to hear okay now here's the the full album and it does not disappoint because if those are flavors that you like then you're not going to be disappointed they recently did a live stream uh one weekend night and i totally missed it but i heard it was really really awesome and they did like a live performance thing and uh and this is a solid band and this album is definitely worth picking up i can't agree more um this album you can hear so many influences and yet they are the voltron of those parts they are better for it um, I hear in guitar elements in certain areas, the cure I hear in the baseline, you know, um, uh, joy division. I hear joy division and drums at certain points. There's certain tracks that go fast and sludgy and I hear the misfits. Uh, I hear Susie definitely in the vocals and they are not mimicking any of those bands. They are just amalgamating them into something better than the sum of their parts and better probably than it has any right to be just because they have practiced and worked their own sound out not brushed to album valid yeah let's let's put on pierce the feeling because if you haven't heard this song yet this is a good introduction it'll scratch that itch for dark punk and death rock
So last but not least, uh, we've got Perturbator, and the album is called Lustful Sacraments. So This came out May 28th of this year. So this was one of my picks, and Perturbator, starting as a synthwave project, um, I, I kind of followed him for a couple of years, and it was never anything I would put on a podcast, and then this album comes out, and it is different. So you um, heard it for the first time, and I don't know how much Perturbator you've heard before, so I'll let you describe it. Well, coming to this pretty cold and not being familiar with any of his other work, uh, I know that the artist behind Perturbator is James Kent, and there's such a dynamic ebb and flow to this album. He incorporates all sorts of post-punk and darkwave elements. It, it brings to mind the more modern side of Clan of Zymox, uh, at, uh, although you get to a track like Mezzalina Mezzalina and it's purely w- retro wave. So it's a lot of fun. This album, I really enjoyed. I'm glad. Um, I honestly found this through Exiled Radio, one of our, our uh, sister streams, I, I guess. Because we've had them on a few times. We there. love them. One of our favorites. We um, love them. So uh, if we're going to play a track, I'd like to go with the title track, which was How I Found Them. So, you know, if that caught my ear, I figure it might catch our listeners' ears.
Okay, so I have to bring up this band because it's totally it, it's totally a thing. It bothers me uh, because I mentioned Clan of Zymox in talking about Perturbator, and uh, Z- Clan of Zymox came out with a new album called Limbo. I have a copy of it. I have not listened to it, and honestly, I don't know if I want to listen to it at this point because I got really turned off. Uh, some of the lyrics, some of the songs are are really troublesome to me because it feels like it's falling into QAnon territory. When you've got a song like uh, The Great Reset, I am so wary of folks who use that term that I'm like, really? And then you get in there and you read the lyrics and you're like, what Kool-Aid are they drinking? And and like the the whole track list goes that way. Brave New World, Lockdown, Big Brother, Great Reset, Forgotten, Limbo, No Way Out, In Control, The Great Depression. Some of these song titles makes me really raise an eyebrow because I can certainly respect that we have different opinions on things, but at the same time, words mean things and have consequences. And if you're sipping that QAnon tea, I'm I'm not interested. And that's not something I feel comfortable supporting. Which is totally fair. I've never been a big Zymox fan in any way. So, like, people said that, and I'm like, well, they're kind of country, aren't they? And they were like, yeah. And I'm like, how are you surprised? Which honestly <sighs> comes back to how I have been binging Amigo the Devil. Let's go with a positive. Because okay. Because he has this dark storytelling style. I don't know how much you know of him other than... Other than the time we saw him live with Twin Temple. Mm -hmm. But like, he goes the other direction. His songs are about drugs and murder. He calls it murder folk. Murder ballads have a long and very interesting history as well. Exactly. And that's why when when I hear him, I think of Nick Cave and I think of Johnny Cash. The storytelling of both with the guitar playing of Cash... But like the charisma on stage of Cave. Valid. And, and he was wonderful. Like it's just him on stage filling the stage. And he's a good performer. And I, I think when it comes to art and music, you, you want to be able to enjoy that sort of thing. Because people who are like, you know, keep your politics out of my music and meh, they don't want to they, they don't want to face any of that stuff. Um, too bad. Art has a political stance to it. It just does. And so does so does sports forever. I mean, it just does. <laughs> and the, and the thing is that you know, if you're of a certain privilege, maybe you can ignore what's going on in the world and feel okay with that. But I certainly don't. And the thing is that we're all entitled to our own opinions. But when your opinions are harmful to other people, that's where I have a real problem. It's funny because the other thing I have to recommend that's, uh, again, super positive, uh, there's a channel on YouTube called Trash Theory, and it's uh, New British Canon. And the guy who who does it is fucking fantastic because he's covered a wide uh, wide variety of music from... uh, you know, the the birth of this song to the birth of this song. The latest video that he created is about Echo and the Bunnymen and the creation of the Killing Moon, which is 
in Ian McCullough's mind, one of the greatest songs ever written. And you know what? I'm kind of prone to agree. It's really solid. It is held it's, up. It's a great song. It can't, is. Can't deny that at all. It, it's amazing. I still have urges to play it. And that never just, li- just never lines up with shit I want to play. But like, I'm always like, what about I? Oh, the killing moon. <laughs> it's it's really one of the it's one of those top classics. Uh, it's right up there with Bowie's Heroes that I think is a song that just stands the test of time. It's classic. It's perfect. It's just a fucking perfect song. It's in my top three of perfect songs. And uh, anyway, but one of the videos that he did was a Q and A with his Patreon folks, and. He asked, you know, he answered the question that, you know, how do you do you separate the art from the artist? And and of course, they talked about Morrissey and John Lydon. And he was like, you know, no, I really can't. Because nowadays you look at Morrissey and he called him a professional racist. And I was like, applause. Yes, please. That's exactly what he is. He's like, yeah, it's not the same. Like we want to look back fondly on the Smiths and we want to look back fondly on PIL and, and the Sex Pistols and stuff. But knowing who those people are today really tarnishes all that. And we live in a world where the true religion is capitalism and when you worship the almighty dollar, do you really want to give those dollars to people who are complete shits? So my answer is no, I don't feel good about supporting that shit. If you do, then have at it, bitch. But no, no. And I agree. I agree. You can't. Look, if you've owned it and then found out they were shitty and you want to listen to it, you've already paid for it. I feel like that's fine. Like, that's that's the gray zone. But if you don't own it and you know they're shitty, paying for it is supporting the artist, which supports their shittiness. So um, you can't separate art from the artist. But if you've already paid for it and didn't know, I, I, I'm willing to forgive that. I am willing to forgive that. Um, you I know, can certainly unless, agree with that for sure, because I... I unless I have- you're playing it to make money like a DJ. Like us, you know, as I'm DJs, not going to play Marilyn Manson. Yeah, as DJs, I feel like we have a responsibility and I don't want to play something from an artist that I can't support. Uh, right. I have Nina Hagen on vinyl that I picked up and I like Nina Hagen's voice and I enjoyed listening to her wacky music, but I don't feel good about playing it now because I, I think her views are harmful. She's very yeah. turfy. She doesn't think trans people are, are, are real. She thinks transitioning is a mistake. And I think that's incredibly harmful to, to those people. It's yeah. this, this is why I get really up about this. And people are like, well, we can all just have different opinions. And I'm like, no. yeah, we can have different opinions about where you want to go on vacation, what you want to eat for dinner. But if it's harmful to other people, I think that's where I draw the line. It's not good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say two things. One is um, supporting, at this point, openly, Marilyn Manson, Nina Hagen, any any shit artist who's come out of shit is the same as uh, buying a Kat Von D product. We know she's a Nazi. You're still affording her lifestyle. Good job. Um, second is we have utterly failed at our opening uh, thought of maybe not going on political rants this episode. But Too bad. You know. This is who we are as people, and maybe that's why you're here, and if it's not, um, 
I suggest you go down to the drugstore, get a bottle of lube, and sit on something large like a traffic <laughs> cone. Wow. Thank you for saying that. Now, yeah, seriously, if we haven't turned you off by now, then um, thank you. Uh, if, 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 you, if you hate what we've got to say and, and you're, not, uh, you're not with it, then um, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. But let the traffic cone hit you in the ass on the way out. Just <laughs> all the way up there. Right up there. Like a all baseball right. bat. All the way up to the nub. Oh, dear Lord. All right. You can tell Ride it like been... a peg boy. Oh, brutal. Well, at least you're offering lube. That's so kind of you. Um... I, I said they should pick it up themselves. I'm not offering it. They should go and pick it up themselves because this is what they're going to get. Touche. All right, I'm going to finish this beer, and I think we should wrap up the show because now it's just getting, Silly well, time. we're children. So this is the quality content that you're here for. Yeah, that's why I came by your house to grab my junk before and also pick up stuff I forgot there last week. <laughs> yes. So, folks, again, thank you so much for listening. I hope we're not too, uh, this isn't traumatizing too much. But, uh, you know, we're here to serve, to uh, keep you in the loop with what's good in music and uh, make some suggestions, keep your band camp list a little, uh, a little fatter because uh, you know that you want to support musicians and, and it's a good thing to do. Uh, we'd like to thank Marion Green for our awesome logos. We still have stickers with those if you want one. Uh, they're available at morbidoutlet.com slash sticker. And to Robin Green for our theme music. And of course, I don't know where we'd be without our lovely producer, Mr. Justin Minister, who even though he's a total pain in my ass, he's uh, he has his moments. He does. If you want to hear us yammering less, uh, you should tune in to our Twitch stream. We're available on Friday nights on twitch.tv slash prophecy underscore online. This week will be Psalms from Mistress McCutcheon. That's me. And I'll be playing all the gothy stuff that you want to dance to. And uh, yeah, I think because we're both fully vaccinated, we're going to probably have some more prophecies uh, where we're in the same location. We're not doing anything in person at this time because we don't have a venue. Number one. Number two, I'm immunocompromised. So let's not rush this. Yeah, we're not rushing to get back into a sweaty club yet, even though we miss them and we miss you. But uh, it will happen someday. And uh, you can also just reach out and keep in touch. We're available on Facebook under It's Midnight Somewhere. And of course, via email at It's Midnight Somewhere podcast at gmail.com. And I think I've said all the things. All right. Until next time, friends. This podcast was almost called Grab My Junk.